This is a podcast from Minute Media. Let me ask you guys a question. This: How good is Odell Beckham Jr. though? Is it just a one catch? Has he done anything over the span of four or five years? Because that's one of those things you kind of look at too. I know he, he gets a lot of pub off that one catch, but it, if you bring him on to your ball club, is he a winner or not? With the seven-time Pro Bowler, he's on the Hall of Fame ballot. He retweets videos from this very show when he's wrong. That's the integrity that you get from Nick Mangold. And yes, it did turn out that the Titans were not lost without Derrick Henry, at least not last week. He also cruises through tailgates in the golf cart looking for people wearing his 74 jersey. Nick Mangold, welcome in, my friend. How are you? Good. How are you doing today? And we, I'm excellent. And, of course, the left tackle from the greatest show on turf, the Hall of Famer, Super Bowl champion. He wasn't even mad at Matthew Stafford throwing absurd interceptions from the end zone. He's just that loyal to the Rams. Well, we're halfway through the season, guys. Let's, uh, let's, let's, let's take a little 50,000-foot view of what we've seen so far. Orlando, let me start with you here. Uh, biggest takeaway halfway through of this uh, wild and willy season where it seems like, hey, it's it, it's certainly wide open in the AFC and, and maybe even uh, at the top for who's going to win this Super Bowl when we finally get there. Yeah, for me, uh, I have a couple couple takeaways for the, the first half of the season. Um, the soap opera, as the NFL turns, um, there's so much drama going on in the NFL. Uh, when you got, you know, you start off with Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, that debacle. You go to John Gruden, and then you circle back around to Aaron Rodgers again. There's so many different storylines, um, you know, obviously with everything going on out there in Oakland. I mean, not Oakland, I'm sorry, Las Vegas with the Raiders. Um, there's so much going on uh, in the NFL off the field those distractions. I'm not sure if they've always been there, but they're, they're, they seem to be more potent now um, just because I guess we're dealing with high priced quarterbacks in this league. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's one of my takeaways. The other takeaway, and you, and you kind of alluded to it is the AFC. Um, obviously there were so many teams that we thought uh, was going to, you know, Kansas city. Uh, we didn't think Kansas city would be where they are at this point in the year. Everybody was high on Buffalo and what they were going to do. I was high on the Browns and everybody looks like they're in that same pack. So we have no clear cut favorite in the AFC. And, and to be honest, I kind of like it. I, I like the fact that, you know, obviously going into the second half of the season, it's wide open. So any, any team really has a chance to, to go out and play and, uh, and, and get a chance to get in the playoffs and, and possibly a Super Bowl. So uh, those are my two takeaways uh, for the first half of the year, but uh, the drama is overwhelming almost so. Yeah, I, I look at this, the, the first half, um, of where <clears throat> like you look at things and see that um, nothing is kind of where we thought it was going to be. You know, the Cardinals didn't think they were going to be one of the best teams in the NFL. Uh, Kansas City um, thought they would be at least competitive. Um, you know, there's a bunch of, of different things that um, going on, you know, like uh, Orlando said, Aaron, is he going to play for Green Bay? Is he not going to play for Green Bay? And then everything that we've had uh, recently with the COVID, um, like it's just, it, it is, it's funny how the NFL turns um, is a real thing. Like every week it's a new storyline of some new drama. Um, I do I do think the AFC has, I think Tennessee is up there 
um, they proved that with their, their win against the Rams. Um, I, uh, hand up, I was wrong. Um, I thought, you know, that they weren't going to be able to pull it out, but, uh, they, they look good. And so I think they, they kind of established themselves. I think Buffalo it still has to be in the discussion. I don't know what happened in Jacksonville. Um, I, I think that would be, it has to be considered a clear cut, um, let down game. You know, they were looking past it and, and trying to move on. Um, and so that, you know, those things happen. Um, but the NFC, NFC, like I, if I were sitting there, if I was Tom Brady or, you know, Kyler Murray or any of these other guys, I mean, like, God, if we were just in the AFC, like we'd be running away with this thing. Um, and so like that competition, if it continues on the way that it has been and the AFC just kind of grinds it out and figures out who's going to make the playoffs and the NFC just trudges along and, you know, you stick with those top, top five teams. Um, the playoffs are going to be wild because, you, you know, you're going to knock off amazing quarterbacks that, you know, probably be in the discussion. Well, if they were playing for the AFC, you know, they'd make it to the Super Bowl. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to the second half of the season because the first half has been uh, been awesome uh, just as a fan. We've got some drama built in on the show today. We're going to talk a little Baker. We're also going to talk about the NFL and the, and the taunting, uh, which is the biggest drama right now. But uh, since you just teed up Rodgers for a second, do you look at that whole situation like – the player is just so talented that he's worth everything that comes along with it. Not having a huge discussion about the vaccine, just the, the amount of noise that's around the team, period. It's one of those things that, you know, Aaron is amazing. And, you know, and so he's going to win you like, football games. And I think that's why they've kind of put up with it for so long. I don't think Jordan Love came out and knocked anybody's socks off and say, oh, you know what? We can forget all this drama over there. And, you know, let's just move on. Um, and so I think they have, they have to put up with it because they know that, you know, he puts them in the best position to win games. Um, and I think it's more of a team media, um, rather than a locker room thing. I don't think any, any guy in the locker room is like, ah, oh, you know what? I don't want Aaron here. Um, you know, because I got to answer a question, you know, some question to a media guy. Um, I, I don't, I don't think that's happening at all. I think it's more probably the front office and kind of the media around the team that gets more worked up about it than the guys in the locker room. You know what? I, I agree. I don't, I don't think it's a uh, locker room issue. Um, and this is the old, you know, this is the way the NFL typically works. Um, as long as your talent outweighs your distraction, you're fine. You're perfectly fine in the National Football League. As long as Aaron, and which, which was really surprising for me because there were eight or seven and one when Aaron was playing. And, you know, obviously I think it was, um, you know, to have that type of success, and still have that type of drama really speaks to it's more of a front office Aaron thing opposed to a team locker room thing. So those guys are still having success. Uh, I don't know with this latest COVID incident, you know, obviously there, there, there are probably some players in that locker room that feel a certain kind of way. So it'll be interesting to see how the team progresses uh, coming when Aaron comes back. Based on Rogers, I think being out of the MVP discussion, although you could go off the board and say, Aaron, let's look at, Right now, giving you guys a MVP vote, who are you casting it for as we are uh, halfway through here? Orlando, why don't you take that one first? Uh, it, it, for me, it was a toss-up between Kyler and, and Lamar Jackson. Um, I, I think I'm going to go Lamar Jackson because he has he doesn't have a ton of, ton of talent with him, uh, and he's had a ton of injuries, no running backs. They're on their third or fourth running back this season, and what he's doing out there in, in Baltimore is – you know, is amazing. Uh, they've won a lot of close games lately, but he's pulled them through, and, and, and you know, obviously, and, and got you know, got them to a, a pretty good record, first in the uh, the AFC. 
Uh, so, so exciting to see what he's been doing. I can't wait to see what he's doing the second half of the season. Yeah, it's it's tough because Lamar is a fantastic choice. Um, you know, for all the reasons that Orlando pointed out. Um, but I, I think you still got to go with Kyler Murray, uh, just where he's put his team, the position that he's put his team into. You know, they've been winning um, and winning convincingly, uh, and it, a big part of that is because of his play. So. For me right now, halfway through, I'm still sticking with Kyler Murray. No love for Tom Brady on this show. I, I think what Tom has done, Tom has raised the bar so high. Uh, you know, obviously he has to do something remarkable. Uh, and he's been having a really good year. But, you know, obviously these young guns are coming up and they're playing they're playing extremely well. And I think Tom gets the, the Michael Jordan treatment almost. Well, Michael Jordan could have won the MVP every single year. So I think he's at that stage of his career now. But you know, obviously these young guys are doing a great job and, and you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta really tip your hat to what Lamar Jackson's doing. Yeah. I look at the Tom Brady and it's just, they're quietly having success. And I think that's why he won't get as much discussion um, because there's nothing, there's no real drama going around Tampa Bay. There's no um, you know, they've lost what two games, I think. So they're not, not at the very top of the NFC. So I think it's just, it's kind of one of those things where I think, and I could be wrong here, but I think he would rather be left out of the discussion and just quietly keep winning games and roll on through to a potential second Super Bowl. Because, um, you know, when, when you have all that media distraction, people talking about it, you know, it can seep into a team a little bit. Um, so it, it's probably actually better that he's getting left off and also gives him, you know, some of that chip on the shoulder uh, that he's been carrying around since he got drafted in the sixth round. Um, you know, kind of builds that as well. Six and two, leading the NFL in touchdown passes with 25, <laughs> only thrown five picks, 44 years old. That's all right. It's fine. Shows just no, no love for Brady. I, I like what you said, Orlando, about uh, the Jordan treatment because, you know, MJ. Uh, but all right, biggest, boldest, give me your wildest that's going to be somehow on point prediction for the second half, Nick. What's, what are we going to see? All right, so this is a wild one for me because um, it goes against my fiber and my being. Um, I think the Browns uh, are going to turn around and will make the playoffs and make a little run at it. Um, you know, you look at that team, they're now on their third running back, I think. And I think Baker has them working. Um, they got rid of Odell, um, speaking of, of, of taunting and, you know, drama and everything. Um, and so I think – I think that team is poised. They got a great defense. Baker's doing well. Um, they get some of these running backs healthy. They can they can go deep. Yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll stick in the same same uh, division there. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who 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 reeled off four straight, uh, and obviously with an aging Ben Roethlisberger, nobody gave them a chance. But ever since Mike Tomlin, he does a, a fabulous job in his pressers. He made that somebody made that USC coaching job and he's ignited his team. I think the Pittsburgh still is going to run and, and make the playoffs. Wow. This that's that is a, an interesting play. Do you think they actually win a well, let's go further. Do they win a playoff game, Orlando? I do think they win a playoff game. And I just think they have def, defense with TJ Watt is doing out there. He puts pressure on quarterbacks. They play, they've always played tough hard in those defense. Uh, if they can get to the point where they run the ball efficiently and, and, you know, Ben can make some throws and not lose the game and just manage the game, they always have a chance in the playoffs. All right. 
Nick, do you think there's any team in the AFC that could actually win the Super Bowl? <laughs> um, you know, I it, it, it's going to be – I would say yes. I'm going to say yes because – um, what always seems to happen when the play when it gets close to that playoff time, and you saw it with the, the Giants twice, is whoever gets hot at the right time. Um, and you know, that's why I do still have a and I'll still say that they're the best team in the NFL, the Cardinals. Um, but I have reservations about them because they're starting off so strong that I think they're gonna peter out by the time the playoffs come around. Um, so you need to look for that team that you know gets gets kind of lit up right there in the middle of December and then just skyrockets through the playoffs and gets to the Super Bowl. So, um, and nobody knows what that team's going to be. And that's kind of the fun part of, of the NFL playoffs is um, you have no idea. And so while there might be a clear cut NFC or an, an AFC team, there's someone's going to come in and, and, you know, cause disruption and just add to the more drama that is fantastic for the NFL. Orlando, you got anyone in the AFC coming out or are you just going to write off the whole conference? You know what? I, th I think once, uh, wow, I think the Cleveland Browns uh, have enough talent to get it done. I really do. It depends on if, uh, if they get hot at the right time and everybody's healthy. They have enough talent. Um, I'd be surprised to see, and, I, and I'll bring up Lamar Jackson. I've talked about him a lot on the spreading. I'd like to see if a running quarterback can actually win the Super Bowl. I don't think that's ever happened. Uh, but I would love to see it happen this year. But, you know, obviously during the course of a year, and that's the thing that concerns me a little bit about Kyler as well. These guys run the ball so much. How many, the pounding that they take, can they make it through 17 games and then still be fresh once they get into the playoffs? So uh, I would pick Baltimore, but I think just the wear and tear on Lamar and the pressure that's on his shoulders to win every single game. Is different. It's difficult to carry that on for 20 weeks and make it to the Super Bowl. So I always say I think Cleveland Browns have, they have enough talent defensively. If they can run the ball and keep guys healthy with Chubb and everybody, they have a good chance to to make a run and and, and possibly win the Super Bowl. That's an interesting underlining of the running quarterback. I think Steve Young would probably be considered the closest. I mean, yeah, maybe, yeah, but he really didn't. You know, he ran when he had to. But some of these guys, you know taking some shots. I, don't, I can't remember Steve. Well, I guess he did take a few shots, but these, these one quarterbacks, they take some big shots during the course of the season. Yeah, no doubt. Do you, who do you got winning the AFC East? Look at those red hot New England Patriots. Bill's rallying them around a, a rookie quarterback. Do, do they, do they climb the mountaintop and knock off Buffalo? Would anybody go that bold? I, I don't know. I just, there for me, and I know Bill is, is a great coach, and I know that um, the Patriots defense has been playing uh, fantastic lately, which is really helping them out a lot. Um, I just get afraid of a rookie quarterback and dealing with the length of the season. You know, like that's – it. the rookie wall is a real thing. Um, and for him to have to go through that while still trying to be the guy for the team – um, it's going to be quite challenging. Orlando, you're giving the fighting Belichick's a chance to actually beat Buffalo here. Nobody had that. This is a, this would be unbelievable. I'm rooting against it, by the way, for the record. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'm not. I'm not a huge New England fan, but I do understand. Um, there's some. There, you know, obviously, it's that hump that Buffalo still has to travel that challenge that to really take over the division and win the division, and they have the skill set and everything to do it. But Bill Belichick has a way of of figuring out and, and almost having mind control over the Buffalo Bills uh, in terms of 
uh, you know, the success he's had with them. It just it's a rookie quarterback, um, you know, so you don't give him much of a chance to go play what's supposedly be the best team in the AFC and, and win that division. But, uh, you know, obviously, I think, you know, I think New England has a great chance to do it. I don't think they'll do it, but uh, so I think Buffalo will end up winning that division just because they have so much talent. They're riding high on their confidence. Although they had a letdown in Jacksonville, I think they still have a, have a good chance to win that division. So, so wrapping up the craziness of the first half, the, the Titans are very much in the conversation, but they're rolling out old man Adrian Peterson. No disrespect to an incredible career. Is this possible? I mean, like when you guys see AD doing this, like – does your head spin like that's the guy you're turning to to replace Derrick Henry? I mean, I would have thought they would have gone for somebody, uh, I don't know, young guy, hope for, uh, you know, undersold, and then all of a sudden he can jump into it. But here comes Adrian Peterson, Nick. Yeah, I um, I don't know. And I, I had to eat my hat after uh, the last game. So, I mean, I, for, right, for the foreseeable future, I'm not going to write him off. Um, but I – I don't see the success continuing, but again, I've already already gotten struck once. I'm not getting struck again. So for right now, I'm saying that nah, they're gonna they're gonna roll and uh, do well, and and Brable's gonna have them going. Um, but in the back of my mind, uh, I'm, I'm not feeling it. Yeah, yeah, me, me, me either. I'm not really feeling it. I think uh, I think people are high on the Titans now because they they beat the Rams out in L.A. And I don't know if it was good Titans or just bad Rams. Uh, and I think it was more bad Rams just watching that game. Uh, if you think you're going to roll out a 35, mid-30, uh, late 30, running back that's been out of, coming off the street and you're going to have success in the playoffs, I don't think it happens. They, I mean, they play a solid a solid defense, a branded defense. Uh, but, you know, obviously you, you're going to end up putting a lot on Ryan Tannehill's you know, shoulders and see if he can will you to a playoff win and, and ultimately a Super Bowl win. And I'm not, I'm not confident in that, in that notion. Obviously, Derek, Derek Henry was the, the engine that made that offense go. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think they, they make a deep run into the playoffs. All right, guys, let's talk taunting. And I don't want to, you know, offend you as we talk taunting and, and taunt you because, you know, if you stare at a, a bench nowadays, you might get a taunting a penalty. 2021 NFL puts the emphasis on taunting officials have called 27 taunting penalties through nine weeks. There were 10 called all of last year. Monday night was a huge, uh, in front of everybody with Cassius Marsh, uh, getting called for taunting, staring at the Steelers bench, which basically cost the bears a football game. Uh, the NFL competition committee, uh, Rich McKay is the top of the chairman of the Falcons, but you got big names on there. Mike Tomlin, John Elway, Sean Payton, Ron Rivera, uh, do you guys like what the NFL is trying to do? Like the word role model is out there, Nick, that you, we, the NFL does not want to see kids watching football and, and seeing guys uh, get in each other's faces. It's a bad example. What, what, do you, what do you think about what the NFL is trying to do here? Um, I think it's ridiculous. And I think it's, um, you know, trying to take emotion out of an emotional game is should be impossible. Um, it's, it's unfortunate because, you know, I think when we say role models, um, you know, you look at a lot of guys around the league and like, you know what, I don't want my kid looking up to that guy, but he's still <laughs> playing and still dominating. Um, and, you know, even then to that side too, like, you know, you're not telling a kid in high school, Hey, you need to make these one handed catches like uh, Odell's doing 
um, you know, that's also not a role. Like, you know, I want to see you pinpoint it and everything. So um, I think it's, they're hiding behind that a little bit um, and trying to make guys play a very physical game um, and a very emotional game and to try to take emotion out of it uh, is stupid and it's hurting the NFL, but um, this is what the NFL does. Every year they come up with something that they want emphasized and the refs call it all the time. And you know, it's starting from, uh, training camp when the officials come in and give you the official, uh, you know, what's coming down from the league and everything. Um, and then going through preseason, you see it, you know, extra and through the season, you see it, you know, even more extra. And it's just, it's, it's how the NFL works. I think they've got it wrong with this one. Um, and I hope they change it very quickly. Yeah, I don't necessarily agree with the role model thing. The NFL has a lot of issues that they need to address in terms of uh, looking like the model citizens. Uh, you know, obviously there's a, you know, obviously what Aaron Rodgers is dealing with, but that's a whole nother subject in terms of role models. Um, but I do lean towards, and I heard Jeff Saturday say this on television the other day, and offensive lineman, you'll, you'll, you'll appreciate this. Like, dude, you celebrated twice on the play, right? You've done a roundhouse kick, you yell, you celebrate with your teammates. It's a play, bro. Go go back to the sideline. So I, I think he was fine with the first two, talk, uh, you know, the celebrations. But, the, you know, it, it, it was too much for, a, you know, a tackle for loss or whatever, a sack or whatever it might have been. But, you know, obviously, it, you know, as offensive linemen, we hate to see offensive linemen celebrate anyway, just natural. But, you know, get back to the sideline, man. You made a good play. Uh, let it be over. Uh, I think the bigger issue is what's up with the ref uh, hip checking him on the way back. I think I think the, the league needs to come out and make a statement on that, or, or at least because if we, as players, if we touch a ref, uh, then that's, uh, we're getting suspended and fined. So I think that, I think that should be addressed, uh, you know, more so than the taunty. Let's tackle the ref part of that. Tony Correnti has been in the NFL for 27 years. He's 69 years old. He's, he's ref five Super Bowls. Should a guy who's going to be 70 years old, should he still be on a football field? <laughs> I don't, I mean, I'm not going to ageism anybody here, um, I am. but <laughs> when you have, <laughs> when you have 22 year old people flying around in, you know, peak, uh, physical condition all the way up to, you know, apparently 35 with AP and, uh, 40, what three with Brady, um, like it just, that's a recipe for disaster. You know, I, I, I know what, Many people who are around that age, how they move and everything, and getting out of the way um, might not be the best thing. So uh, it seemed like it was a crotchety move by him, um, and you know, kind of one of those things because I got a touching the the official fine um, because I was pointing over to something, and the ref had put his arms out to stop the clock or something, and our hands hit, and I think um, I think I got docked like thirty thousand dollars for that. Um, and so like it, it, they know it. Um, and so I hope it's not getting weaponized, um, which would be absolutely terrible for the game. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm 70 years old, I'm trying to have the least amount of contact when refereeing a, a national football game as I can. Last thing I'm, I'm going to do is try to at, at 70, try to hip check a, a young man who just did a roundhouse kick. So um, <laughs> that didn't seem like it was a good idea, but hopefully the league handles it. And I don't mind, uh, you know, if you're 70, as long as you can make the right plays and, and, and really uh, and still be able to put yourself in position uh, and get out of the way of, of any harm, I, I don't mind you, you know, roughing at 70. But, you know, obviously, 
you, you got to check, start checking the eyes a little bit and try to try to grade these guys and make sure they're doing their job the right way and not you know, either hip checking or just make or taking a personal stance against a player or a team. Well, he called a, a, a penalty on an offensive lineman who didn't touch anyone. He just thought that he touched it. So that was, there was a, there, the eyes check was, was not great either. But who who taunted who's taunting when you played bothered you the most, Orlando? Uh, there was a couple. I think Warren Sapp was one of those guys that man, he just talked the entire game. And if he made a play, you know, it was it was it was one of those things like, dude, come on, man. Uh, he didn't do a, a ton. Of, he didn't do a ton of showboating. You know, but maybe he did after he made a play. But he just talked the entire game uh, and just you know, just one of those guys that kind of annoyed you. The thing that annoyed me the most about Tony, now let me say this, is cornerbacks. The ball's 20 yards over over uh, somebody's head, and they're sitting here like like they covered somebody or they shut him down. Bro, it's just a bad throw. Like chill, like, chill out, like chill out on that. So the, these guys, this is uh, that speaks to their arrogance and their, you know, I guess I guess it's good for television. At least the camera put it on them if they, you know, errant uh, a high throw or high ball or something like that, and they're still making it seem like they shut that receiver down. That is when. When it's a bad throw and they do absolutely nothing and they, you know, celebrating the incompletion, <laughs> this is the dumbest thing that we're doing around here. Um, I didn't, I didn't really, I don't know. No one sticks out in my mind as a, a big taunting guy or talking guy, other than um, the one guy that would never shut up uh, was Bart Scott. Like he just, he would not stop talking. Like all he did was talk and talk and didn't matter about anything. And I guess that's why he has a radio show now every day but um you know it was it was funny because like people always ask like oh who's the biggest trash talker who, who does he really gets into it and it was like i honestly i have no idea um because i was so tired after a play that i was just sucking in air and getting back to the huddle so if someone was talking trash to me i had no idea because it, it wasn't wasn't a part of my game and you know i didn't care if anybody else was doing it yeah, offensive lineman story, Nick. I'm telling you, people are like, Orlando, did you talk trash? I'm like, no, I was trying to catch my breath and get ready for the next play. I had no time to, to be out there talking with guys about, you know, whatever that didn't matter. I'm just trying to get my block and, and on to the next play. That, that's interesting, though, because I hear veterans talk about uh, who watch the game, like, how's this dude not on the field every play? I was out there, you know, 99% or whatever it was. Does that, does that irk you when you see the, uh, the league's going a little bit that way where dudes are playing closer to, I don't know, 60%, even, even, even the top guys? Yeah, D linemen are like that. Um, you know, they rotate through. There's always like the pass rushing specialists that would come in on third down. Um, and, you know, you, you sit there, you're like, well, what were you doing the other two downs? Like, you can't be out here the whole time? Like, all right, but you're still getting paid, you know, $10 million a year? Like, this is absurd. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's more of an offensive line thing because, you know, um, we don't rotate, and so you're out there um, whole game. Um, and so seeing seeing defensive linemen, you know, tap the helmet and get to rotate through, it's like, oh, you guys are just terrible. That, that – uh... You you would see a different guy, Orlando, trying to get to Kurt, and you got to handle it. But that's that's yep. why you're a Hall of Famer, right? Yeah, yeah and those are the worst guys, especially in the preseason. They'll bring some young kid in off, and you're like, dude, who is this kid? Like, you didn't study him, and they're they're flying up the field, like you know, it's like, dude, sit down, settle down somewhere. But yeah, those 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 special those pass rush specialists, uh, they, they, you know, and they come in, and you hate to see those guys taunting because dude, you only play like 
30% of the plays, man. What are you doing? Right. You know what I mean? So just one of those, one of those things you hate to see those guys coming. All right, before we get to our picks, let's just, uh, you guys have been talking about the Browns a ton. Uh, I, I need to get verdicts here. Who, whose side are we on here? Baker or OBJ? Uh, Odell, of course, is uh, looking for his next home. But uh, when you size up the way that relationship went, who, who do you put the blame on, Orlando? Wow, I think it, I think it, I think it could be both guys. I think at a certain extent, I, I don't I don't know if Odell ever fit that system uh, of what they do there in Cleveland. He didn't want to go to Cleveland. The Giants kind of did him a disservice by sending him out that way, um, thinking that he would he would die or he would fall, and he's kind of making him look a little, little, little true. I, it, let me ask you guys a question: Is how good is Odell Beckham Jr. though? Is it just the one catch? Has he done anything over the span of four or five years? Because that's one of those things you kind of look at, too. I know he, he gets a lot of pub off that one catch, but it, if you bring him on to your ball club, is he a winner or not, you know? Yeah, that's it's a tough one for me because, you know, you, you look at Odell, and you know, especially here in New York. I mean, when he was here, you know, early on, it was, you know, he was the second coming of Jerry Rice. Um, and, you know, I, I think he really, he really enjoyed the off the field, um, which I think has hurt his on the field. And, you know, I, I, I think when we, when we say, all right, are you team Baker or team Odell? Um, I, I think it's, it's probably both. And at the same time, I don't think we'll ever know. Cause you know, both sides are going to try to make themselves look better than they are. Um, and, you know, no one's going to come, come out and flatly say, oh yeah, you know, I, I was, I was the bad guy. So it was on me. Um, I, I think the most telling thing is going to be what happens to Baker and the Browns and what happens to Odell um, for the rest of the season, Baker and the Browns and that offense is rolling um, and Odell goes off somewhere and, you know, has five catches and, you know, it really doesn't make a difference. I think that's going to be very telling. Um, and so, you know, I look at Odell and I think he's got all the talent in the world. Um, and, you know, I want him to be good because I think when he when he's good, when he's making these great catches, it's better for the NFL. Um, I think he just he needs to find and I think he just needs to find his happy place, you know, wherever that is. Is it, you know, Tampa Bay? Is it, um, you know, Green Bay, wh wherever it is? Um, and if he's in, if he's in a spot that he feels good, I think he can get back to where he was early on. Yeah, but if yeah. you're a GM, you you bringing him in? Either of you? Uh, he he would have to. He would have to. You know, you have to look at your team and see if you're a veteran team. Um, you know, is he that one guy that can get you over the hump? Uh, I think is a big question. And then he has to be himself. I felt like in Cleveland, he's an emotional guy, and I felt like in Cleveland, he was trying to temper his emotions a little bit and not be, um, you know, obviously as as emotional as he he was in New York. So he was trying to be a different guy, and it just didn't work for him. Yeah, I think as a GM, I'm looking at who my quarterback is. Do I have um, do I have a stable quarterback who can handle Odell's emotion? Um, you know, I think Tom Brady would be a great example because he dealt with you know many different receivers over the course of his career, um, and so he's probably adapted. You know, I think Aaron Rodgers would be the same. Like, I don't think I'm putting him with Kyler Murray. I don't think I'm putting him with Lamar Jackson younger guys who, you know, aren't able to, to be able to manage someone like that. Uh, definitely not like Justin Herbert wouldn't put him with him. Even, I don't think Buffalo would be great either. Like, I don't, I don't think Josh Allen is quite there yet. Um, and then like Orlando said, the other side, so you got to know your quarterback and know if you can handle him. 
but then also is he that one piece is he going to make us you know get over that little hump that we need um and so there's there's a lot to package in that um and so we'll see we'll see where he ends up because i mean someone's going to take a flyer on him because i think he still has good talent in him um i I just i don't know if that talent has faded so much that it's not going to matter anymore Good stuff. Let's uh, wrap up with our picks as we always do. Rough week for you guys, uh, both one and two. But I, we want to shout out one of our uh, diehard Big Man Bets listeners who uh, I, I'm going to fall on the sword for this one. He, he uh, Apparently, we did not get uh, our picks c- correctly uh, one week where I was naming. He says, uh, this is uh, our guy, uh, Apostas. Hey, guys, love the show. Keep it up. Just one correction. Nick wasn't 3-0 and last week. <laughs> Nick predicted the under on the Bears versus the 49ers. It was Orlando who predicted the under on Minnesota versus Dallas. Pay more attention to who makes the picks and don't fade Orlando. Hey, Apostas, that's me. We can't, we can't put, so I, you're, thank you, A, and, and we will try to be better. So, I mean, people are paying attention to what's going on here, team. Just, just know that. Well, I now don't like that snitch. that's good stuff that's good stuff all right so uh last week both of y'all were were one and two so orlando you're coming in at 13 and 12 nick you're 16 and nine uh your your wins last week was orlando uh with minnesota uh, baltimore with the over on on 49 and a half that hit at 65 and uh, nick you had the giants so congrats on, on both of those rough week for many last week including yours truly but we don't need to talk about that uh nick pick of the week what do you got this week and of course go to uh winbet w-y-n-n-b-e-t.com for all your betting needs uh winbet we love you uh nick go ahead and start us off listen uh, uh like i said earlier earlier i i don't like this board this was a tough one to pick um I, it's not I mean, there's Vegas is starting to get too good, and I don't like it. Um, so this one, to me, has an asterisk because we just don't know yet. But um, I am taking the Packers versus Seahawks minus three and a half. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers will be back. And if he is back, um, goodbye, Seahawks. He is going to come out like no one's business slinging that ball around. Okay. The number on that game is 49 and a half. So it's, it's Vegas doesn't seem to know if he's going to play or not. Go ahead, Orlando. Uh, for me, it's uh, Los Angeles Rams uh, minus three and a half over the San Francisco 49ers. The Rams played awful last week. I think they bounced back. Uh, I think Matt Stafford has a better game. They, it, they'll be disappointed in how they play. So they'll come out, you know, with their, with their hair on fire uh, to, to play this game offensively. McVay will have those guys ready. So, uh, I'm going with my Rams minus three and a half over the 49ers. Like it. Orlando, you're upset. My upset. Oh man, this is uh we've we've been talking a lot of Browns on this on this show. Uh so I'm going Browns plus one over New England. I think uh I think the Browns get it together. Um, you know, Baker comes out, have a big game, defense, and they'll start they'll they'll start tuning it up for this playoff run. Going with the Browns. Um all right, upset. Um, I just don't like him this year, um, and they have to play at home. So I am going. Um, I don't like the Chiefs. I don't think they're that great. Uh, so I'm going with the Raiders plus three uh, versus the Chiefs. 
I'm just gonna have to be the guy that calls out both of you on these weak upsets. A one-point upset, Orlando. One point. I'm trying to dang oh, ground. I'm trying to, I'm trying to dang ground here, man. I'm telling you. That is that is just <laughs> that is that is sliding <laughs> by like my my college career. All right, that's fine. Let's 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 do. <laughs> Thank you, the University of Iowa. Let's go over-unders. Uh, Nick, go ahead. All right, over-under, I'm looking at the Saints versus the Titans. Um, I love what the Titans did against the Rams, and I said that um, I'm, I'm going to keep backing them now. Um, so I'm taking it over 44 and a half. Ooh, yeah, for, for me, I'm going the uh, Dallas Cowboys versus the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, over-under is 54 and a half. I'm going with the under. I think it'll be a tight game, defensive battle, but I will go under 54 and a half points. All right, 13 and 12. You're not out of this, Orlando. You're not out of it yet. A lot of football left to be played. A lot of football. Three games back is nothing you could, You hey, depending on how it goes, you could be tied up after this week. Gentlemen, great stuff. We appreciate you. Big man bets as we go into the second half of the season, just getting better each week, damn it. That's, that's, that's the goal. And, uh, hey, good luck, uh, Good luck on the picks this week, team. Thank you. Good luck. Good See luck. you guys next week.